You're listening to Time in the Word. In today's study, Dr. Gonzalez will conclude his teaching of Jude verses 14 and 15. In part one, he discussed the doctrine of the second coming. In part two, he will discuss the certainty, purpose, and the result of Christ's return. The second advent of Christ is as much a certainty as his first advent is a fact. He will come to execute judgment upon all the ungodly, resulting in their conviction for their works of ungodliness which they have wrought. There will be no appeal from the decision of the supreme judge of the universe. As God ministers to you through these series of studies and as you experience God's love and grace in your own life, share these podcasts with others so that they too may be blessed by God's word and his amazing grace. Let us listen to Dr. Gonzalez as he continues his current study in Jude. During this study, we will complete our look of verses 14 and 15, which we started uh, during our last study. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to read again verses 14 and 15 of Jude. It was about these that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, Look, the Lord comes with tens of thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all the ungodly acts that they have done in an ungodly way and concerning all the harsh things ungodly sinners have said against him. During our last study, we, st- we spent our entire time looking at verse 14. Today, we'll ar- we will spend our time looking at verse 15. In verse 14, Jude got into the doctrine of the second coming. And in verse 15, he's going to point out further warnings uh, regarding the consequences of false teachers. We said that Revelation chapter 19 points to the fact that the second coming is associated with judgment. We talked about the first phase of the second coming, the rapture, the believer's blessed hope. But to the unbelieving apostate, it is a time of wrath and judgment. So we now look at the Lord's condemnation. Take a look at verse 15 of Jude. To execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all the ungodly acts that they have done in an ungodly way, and concerning all the harsh things ungodly sinners have said against him. So here we see that the purpose of his coming is to execute judgment. He will come again to bring judgment. The author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 26 through 28, Otherwise, he would have had to suffer many times since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared one time at the end of the ages for the removal of sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for people to die once and after this judgment, so also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Jude's word for judgment is the same word Christ used when he spoke of the judgment of Sodom in Luke 10.14. It is the word found in Hebrews 10.27, where it says, a terrifying expectation of judgment. And in 2 Peter 3.7, where it says, the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So our Lord declared plainly that no believer will ever come into judgment, John 5.24. 
we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ to render an accounting for our service and to receive rewards, but an entirely different word, the word bima, is used in these passages, Romans 14.10 and 2 Corinthians 5.10. Prior to the judgment, Jude is speaking about Christians will have been translated from earth to meet their Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. So who will be judged? Enoch said simply, all. But the Holy Spirit has enlarged upon this in a number of passages throughout the Bible. For example, Psalm 96, 13 says he is coming to judge the earth which would include all the nations, according to Joel 3.12 and Matthew 25.32, and their cities, Matthew 11.22 and 12.41. So every man, whether living or dead, will ultimately be judged, 2 Timothy 4.1 and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7-9. through 9. Although ungodly men are primarily in view in Jude 15, the fallen angels in verse 6 will also be judged at that great day, as will other evil angels according to Isaiah 24:21 and demons, Matthew 8:29. One company of fallen creatures after another is to be tried and condemned. Now, who will be the judge of all the earth? Well, listen to what Jesus says in John 5:22. The Father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. What will be the basis of his decisions? Well, it's going to be based on truth. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 2.2. 2. Now we know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on the truth. It will also be based on works. Romans 2.6 says he will repay each one according to his works. And it will be also based on the gospel. Romans 2.16 says, On the day when God judges what people have kept secret, according to my gospel through Christ Jesus. Jude uses the term ungodly four times in one verse, which points out to the true character and nature of false teachers and apostates. James Shattuck says that ungodly Quote, refers to those who live without reverence and respect for God. They walk in an ungodly manner with evil deeds, they think in ungodly ways, and they talk with ungodly and harsh words. In works, wisdom, and words, they condemn themselves. No evil action, thought, or word will go unpunished, nor will it be erased from the divine memory. These men, and those like them, will have no defense, no retrial, no appeal. As Romans 3.19 says, every mouth will be silenced, close quote. John MacArthur writes that the term ungodly identifies, I quote, their basic sinful attitude. They refuse to have a proper reverence for God. All such reprobates, like the immoral, irreverent, and blasphemous false teachers, are storing up divine wrath and punishment for themselves in the day of judgment, close quote. The second coming is going to be an awful time for the unsaved. John describes our Lord in Revelation 19, uh, 13 as he who wore a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. Now this is not Christ's blood, 
but the blood of his enemies. Listen to what Isaiah 63, 1-4 says. Who is this coming from Edom in crimson-stained garments from Basra, this one who is splendid in his apparel, striding in his formidable might? It is I proclaiming vindication, powerful to save. Why are your clothes red and your garments like one that treads on a winepress? I trampled the winepress alone, and no one from the nations was with me. I trampled them in my anger and ground them underfoot in my fury. Their blood spattered my garments, and all my clothes were stained. For I planned the day of vengeance, and the year of my redemption came. That imagery of the winepress and the stained garments is drawn from the ancient custom of stomping grapes to mash the juice out, and in doing so, clothing would be stained with the juice. As the grapes in the uh, wine vat were crushed until every ounce of juice was extracted, so Christ will spill the blood of his enemies. The stain from the juice and the staining of one's feet and garments serve as a picture of, of that divine judgment. Revelation 19.15 says, A sharp sword came from his mouth, so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty. So this illustration of the winepress was used earlier to speak of Christ's coming and the war of Armageddon. Revelation 14.20 says, Then the press was trampled outside the city, and blood flowed out of the press, up to the horse's bridles for about 180 miles. So under the judgment of God, the blood of his enemies will flow like juice from a wine press, a river of blood up to the horse's bridles, and the length of 1,600 furlongs will flow through the streets of Palestine, a river of blood four feet deep and almost 200 miles long will run from the veins of the enemies of God. In Revelation 20, verses 10 through 15, uh, it says that after the seven-year tribulation period comes the great white throne judgment. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne, and one seated on it. Earth and heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by what was written in the books. Then the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up, gave up the dead that were in them. Each one was judged according to their works. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This throne judgment stands in sharp contrast to the throne in chapter 4, where the saints are clothed with their white robes, with crowns, rejoicing and praising God. Here, at the great white throne judgment, are those who rejected the great Savior. There are no white robes, there is no singing, there is no crowns, there is no praising the Lord. There will be nothing to rejoice about here. 
That text in Revelation tells us that sinners small and great will all stand before Almighty God, and the books will be opened, their works will be revealed, and they will be cast, according to the text, into the lake of fire. There will be no one spared according to this text, and all who stand before this throne are lost. It will be too late at that point. Now, my dear friend, if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, call upon him now, lest you find yourself at this throne of judgment. Those who have placed their faith in Christ, who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, will be saved, and they will live forever with him in glory. However, those ungodly people who disobeyed God, who rejected the gospel, who rejected Jesus Christ, who have refused to believe, will be convicted of their ungodly actions that were committed in the ungodly way, especially speaking harsh words against Jesus Christ. Well, we have reached the end of our study of Jude verses 14 and 15. During our next study, we will be looking at verses 16 through 19. Let's pray. Father, Thank you again for allowing us the privilege of being able to gather around your word, to study your precious word. May you take it and implant it, engrave it into our hearts so that we may live in such a way that brings you honor and glory through everything that we say, think, and do. We praise you, worship you in the name of our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.